You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Welcome to the Fair Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Robert Smith. Today's guest is the president of the Arizona Fairs Association and vice chair of the Western Fairs Association. He's pulling double duty. Well, actually, it's triple duty because he's also the fair manager for the Yuma County Fair, and he joins us today from Yuma, Arizona. This is Eric Wofford. Eric, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? We're good. It's, you know, as good as anybody can be in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it's been a, it has been a hell of a year. Uh, Certainly for business, it's been a complete stinker. Um, Uh, Before we get to all that, how is your family holding up? Oh, you know what? We're holding up pretty well. Um, We, we were able to go back to, well, my kids were able to go back to school here in Arizona for a bit. We, uh, we'll see what happens after the holidays. Uh, They just kind of, uh, numbers have increased here in the last week. So they kind of brought or they're going back to remote learning, uh, which my personal feelings on that is not very bueno for the kids, but uh, we're, we're, we're pulling through um, and we're doing all right. So we, we do some sports. Uh, my kids are in hockey and gymnastics. So we're trying to do that and just stay sane. We got a new dog while uh, in the, in the whole COVID year. So nice. we're doing good. Now, has it? I know for us, because we're um, our kids are still virtual, so they've been. There's a very small number of kids across the state that are in. Like, if I think if they have um, certain IEPs or something like that, certain special ed programs have to be in to give service to the kids. But otherwise, like 98% of kids are virtual. And I know for Nate, for our son, it's been a hell of an adjustment because he's just so social. He wants to be mm-hmm. on the playground and playing with his friends and learning with his friends. Has this been difficult for your kids to adjust to this this year? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the, and that's exactly the same as Nate. Um, he, they want to be able to go play out, play in the playground with their kids. They got them all fenced off. They can't do that. They get a little bit of interaction in the cafeteria um, whenever they go get their food. So they got to pick their food up and then take their food back to their classroom. Um, but our, you know, they've, they, they really, that's one of the things that it's most important for us is having them go back and just be, have that social interaction with their, with their, with their friends. And now it looks like they're going to kind of pull that back a little bit, go back to virtual. They, at least they see them on, on virtual, but it's not the same. I mean, it's, it's, it's hanging out. So. Yeah. Well, and I mean, when you look at, when you look at kids like ours, I mean, they're, tenacious they're resilient they're really involved i really worry about the kids out there that don't have the support system like nate has with our family and clearly your kids have with you guys you know um new mexico ped just announced within the last week they're down twelve thousand in enrollment across the state twelve thousand kids are missing like not missing like they were kidnapped but they don't know they're not enrolled they don't know where they are they don't know if they're going. Did they go to grandma's house in Texas? Are they withdraw? They don't know what's going on with these kids. That's a lot of kids to all of a sudden not have on the radar. Right. And and they and here in Arizona, you've got to have your kids signed up in some type of education, whether it's public or whether it's charter. So for kids to just be gone, that's concerning. That's concerning for their well-being. So that's a whole <clears throat> I, I, I mean, we can, we can go that direction. We can go to fair. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. that, that's, Oh no. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy with the, with the kids. It's um, 
you know, I got to imagine there's got to be kids that were, you know, here in Albuquerque that were learning a year ago and maybe they're with their, cause it's virtual. So maybe they're with grandparents in Texas now, or, I mean, who knows with the job situation, it's just been so disruptive. Did you ever think when you woke up on January 1st, 2020, that this year was going to take a complete crap? Absolutely not. We were gearing up for, um, one of our, we were actually New Year's going, okay, we got to go open the fairgrounds for the gun show, you know, and then here we are, you know, for us, we were 10 days out. Um, you know, we, you know, I feel, I feel real bad for Karen and the folks over in Pinal. They were, you know, two days, you know, getting, you know, two days out and they had to, you know, pull the plug. So, you know, thankfully, um, you know, the the network here in Arizona, we were able to all the spring fairs got together and tried to you know put some together, and we just we kind of hoped that we'd have enough time to still put on our shows and it just, it just didn't happen. Just didn't happen. You could see um, I'm sitting here talking to all my volunteers and 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 explaining to them, hey, you know we, we we're gonna maybe see the numbers and go from there we're still planning on having a fair you know covid's new we don't even know anything about it and all of a sudden my phone blows up that the uh, our governor just closed down all the schools and i'm getting that because my kids are going to school and then i'm going well as i'm holding the mic in my hand go well i don't know now if we're literally while you're <laughs> while you're talking to people you're like i have no idea because yeah. i mean it yeah. was it seemed like for a lot of us we were watching we were aware of it january february and then beginning middle of march march um 11 12 13 somewhere in there all of a sudden all hell broke loose you know houston livestock show cancels that's a major once that goes it's like oh man um yeah so all what, eyes were on all yeah. eyes were on them figuring out where they were gonna go like how that was gonna happen and and then you know february seeing the first case in what was it washington so yeah it was i mean at know. what point you said it was 10 days before you guys called it quits mm -hmm. you were you were 10 days out we were 10 days out we we went a little bit further than that but it was 10 days where we were you know in the background going okay we need to get all this information we need to make sure that we have our list for our so for our in entertainers our vendors you know all of our partners we wanted to have it on a you know we're sending this out simultaneously so that we're not getting you know onesie twosie phone calls of you know whether or not that we that we did cancel didn't we or or we didn't cancel so but we are also having you know meetings with the mayor um, you know, the health department, just all these guys to try to figure out whether or not we can do this. And then it was, um, you know, but in the meantime, we were getting all kinds of hate mail, all kinds of, all kinds of, or, you know, Facebook posts where we're the, we're, we're, you know, spawn of Satan for even, you know, even thinking about having an affair. Yeah, not calling it quits because, uh, you know, we're going to go to the fair and we're going to get you're going to get we're going to get COVID and we're going to sue you. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, we we we're still evaluating all the data. We're still figuring out, you know, we were not just going to, you know, because you're asking. We've got so much other, you know, in the back end to try to uh, mitigate and then come out and have one message, you know, for everybody to where it, you know, wasn't there wasn't any you know, confusion on what we were trying to do. Sure. Plus you've got, we've got all of our partners that are depending on it, right? We, we're thinking of them going, well, what's going to happen? Are, are, you know, how is that going to affect, you know, 
entertainers, you know, our, our carnival, our commercial vendors, our, our concessionaires, you know, and it's was not an easy decision, but, you know, looking back at it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know for some people, they didn't even get to make the decision down in at Vero beach, Indian river County fair, which I've done in the past, they were a couple hours, an hour. And I think the fair down in Miami was literally within 30 minutes of opening their gates. And the state came in and said, you're done. Yeah. I think Bruce and Blythe, I think he was two days in, you know, and they came in and said, you're done. I mean, can you imagine you got, you got everybody that's sitting there and then you're like, now what? Cause now we, they got to get to where their next destination is and not knowing where that is. Right. Well, and as difficult as it's been for entertainers, uh, we were lucky Sarah and I were in that we weren't any place. We, we were getting ready to, think when the show in Australia, Sydney Royal Easter canceled, we were two weeks from getting on a plane. So we were starting to get nervous about that because it's like, well, that's international. What happens if we're in route across the Pacific Ocean and they pull the plug or we just get there and they put like, what happens? How do we get home? Do we quarantine all that? I really felt bad for the concessionaires, the, for mm -hmm. all those people. Like I know that some shows got to open a few days, but you think about all those concessionaires in Miami and a number of other fairs, their stock trucks were full. All mm -hmm. that inventory was full. Like I didn't have any, my stuff sits in the garage, right? It sits in storage waiting to get loaded up on on the truck to drive to your fair or wherever we're going. I feel really bad for those concessionaires because not only did they take the financial hit of not being able to make money, they got smoked because they'd spend all that money on stock. I mean, the same with some fairs, all those marketing dollars had been spent. Mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a that's a hell of a hit and so it's a not an easy decision to make ultimately you have to kind of default to that hierarchy of needs and default to the safety of your guests and your staff and and you know the people at the fair can you describe some of the emotions you and your staff were going through when that decision gets made it was it was um it was uh it's pretty un unreal um you know you're almost numb sorry um might have to um you got kid, it's, kids it's, yelling in the background over there well she's uh, she's i think she's got a uh, a loose tooth and it's it's probably messing her up there so she's worried <laughs> so sorry for her, it's her no crying. problem hey we're, we're fair family <laughs> we got kids in the house it's okay <laughs> yeah so, uh, so the emotions of that day, what are you going yeah. through? Yeah, it was kind of numb, just uh, trying to figure out my, I can't believe it. Kind of that numb feeling of, I can't believe we're actually having to cancel the fair. It's never, it's not, it's, it's never happened. And then, and then you start thinking, you know, okay, we did cancel. It's when we did cancel, it was kind of a, a relief to be honest. And us, you could take a deep breath and kind of exhale and go, okay, we made that decision. Um, it, it's it, as crappy as it was. Um, we, we made that decision. Now we can start focusing on, you know, how, how do we help in other areas? Um, uh, especially on my side, trying to figure out, you know, legislative wise for the state, you know, um, you know, how we can help. But it, you know, the, and it was sad. I was, you know, I'm giving an interview going, I grew up, you know, telling the, the news lady, that, you know, I grew up out here showing animals. Um, my family has before I could even, you know, crawl, 
I was out here at our county fair. And um, so I was uh, extremely sad um, to where we're just not having fair. And then, then numb. And then, you know, kind of like those, what are those, you know, stages of grief where you're kind of pissed. And then, <laughs> and then I think that was early on as being pissed. Cause it was just like, I can't believe we're doing this, but um, we made the right decision. It's, it, it, you know, with, the way things are going and how new it was, we, we knew we made the right decision. Now I'm worried about what we're going to do for 2021 because it's five months down the road and yeah, it's we getting don't close. Um, yeah. How do you plan for that? Because that was one of my questions I had coming up here. You know, you're just over five months out, and hopefully things have lightened up and the you know we flatten the curve and you can have some kind of affair. But with all that unknown, how do you plan from sitting in the middle of a huge spike in, in cases? How do you sit here and plan a fair? Well, the good thing, you know, the one the one thing that's, you know, we've said all along is for our entertainers, you know, them being the biggest ones, because our concessionaires, um, uh, they're they're typically the same ones. But our, our entertainers, you know, obviously we rotate them out. So we, we said, hey, we're going to go ahead and keep you for this year. Um, or, or rotate everybody into 2021. Um, so planning right now, that's somewhat simple, you know, easy because we know where we sit with that. But now it's planning, you know, do we? How do we modify it? You know, how do we? How do we modify it? How do we? How do we tell these? You know, that's the. You know, you hear a bunch of new words, right? You're hearing modify. You're hearing, you know, here's the narrative for the safety protocols. How do we social? How do we keep six feet? you know, social distance, you know, so for the, you know, it goes back to budget right now, what we're willing to risk. Um, and I think, um, I, I can't remember where it was, but the manager, when this first happened, he goes, you know, we, we, um, I'm trying to paraphrase here, but it was pretty much, you know, we, we do this now to secure the future type to where, you know, we're, if we cancel, we get that, but we're, we're surviving to basically live another day to where we, I think you know, Jerry Hammer might've said that up in Minnesota. Yeah. I think that might've yeah. been who said it. And it was well said, I'm, I'm butchering it. I, and I apologize, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it was, you know, um, and, and that really sat with me and, and that's kind of how we look at it and move forward. So, you know, I'm not, I'm still planning right now and everybody's asking, Hey, you know, what about fair? Well, numbers have barely started to, um, you know, increase here in Yuma County. Um, so we're, we're optimistic at the moment. We're, we've have our, our, our budget and our plan. Uh, now it's just a matter of where do we start? Where do we start drawing the line and saying, Hey, give, you know, obviously we'll have more notice on whether or not we move forward or not, but that's really getting with the health department and, um, and city officials and, and proving to them outside events are safe. Yeah. And now assuming you can move forward and, and open in 2021, have you guys been looking at what your messaging is going to look like? I mean, certainly you could have a lot of concerned people in the community that might not want to come to the fair. How do you communicate and message to them that the fair will be safe? You know, and that comes back to the marketing side of it, pushing it out on our social medias, on, on all of our platforms of uh, the the new, um, the new um, 
safety procedures that are coming out where we have the, you know, and this isn't new, uh, all the new hand sanitizer, um, san the hand washing stations, um, the sanitizing stations as you walk in and out of every door in every building um, and this, the signage that's up, but you've really got to push that out on, on your platforms to where people feel comfortable enough to come out. And you're, you, and, and that's, what's interesting about, you know, because you have such a diverse um, um, mentality when it comes to, you know, you got people saying, I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. You can't make me wear a mask. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of COVID. And you've got those that are like, you know, we've got to wear a mask and you've got to wear, you know, I am afraid of COVID and I, I'm afraid about spreading it. And, you know, at that time, it's really a choice whether or not, you know, you feel comfortable coming to an event where there's more than 50 people. And we, we do everything we can to still provide that entertainment and that's so because that's that's what we do as fairs. I mean, we, we we're part. I hate to say mass gatherings, but that's what we do. And we're really good at it. We're efficient at it. Um, and I commend every fair manager and every fairgrounds in the United States and, uh, you know, across, you know, between Australia and Canada and everywhere else. I mean, they're. And even over in UK where there are more festivals than they are, but I'm, you know, it takes a lot and it takes, uh, it's very, you know, we're very passionate about it. So getting that message out to where we're safe, we try to do that in every aspect, not just with COVID, you know? So I, I think it's kind of the same, uh, but obviously we want to keep it the same, but it's going to be modified because it's, I mean, we're dealing with COVID. Nothing's going to be the same. Right. Well, and it feels like, when you look at the fair industry, this is not our first rodeo. Uh, no pun intended there. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, we dealt with this with swine flu. We dealt with this with, you know, E. coli outbreaks. And this is just something our industry does. And I think we're more, I think we're actually ahead of the curve from a lot of other establishments and, and businesses that, you know, like you say, hand washing stations and hand sanitizer on the grounds that is nothing new on a fairgrounds. That's been going on for a very long time. The new thing is going to be now, instead of it being, you know, at every bathroom, at every building, now there's going to be, you know, 20 or 30% more of them around the grounds. So there's just going to be more, but it's something we've always done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these yeah, in our, in our livestock building, since I've been a kid and, you know, 20, 30 years ago showing out there, we've always had hand sanitizing stations in the livestock built barns here in Yuma. So that's, you know, it's not, it's not anything new that we've done, you know, but you're right. You, you, there's going to be just be more around the grounds. Yeah. With all these cancellations, your revenue at the fair has to have been a little bit crushed, just like the revenue for all the rest of us. Have you been able to do anything creative to generate revenue on the grounds? You know, we have drive-in movies. Um, we had a, we've got a, uh, you know, we have a rainy day fund. So we were able to um, invest in a, uh, a 40 foot drive-in movie screen um, with a 4K um, optimal, optimum uh, uh, projector. Um, and it puts out quality movies and we tore down our, uh, some old stalls, uh, horse stalls that we had, and we made a parking lot and, uh, we, we put in 12 foot, um, uh, 12 foot parking stalls and, you know, we can't get a ton of cars in there, but we get, we, we pack them in and we, we, we've done that. We've had guys come in and, and, um, uh, do a drive-in wrestling match. 
So that's something that we, you know, and they've, they've never done that. They, they actually so is it like out. is it like WWE except everybody's just in cars in the audience? Is that how it is? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's that's super amazing. cool. Yeah. So uh, I mean, they're honking. There is it's it, they transmit through the FM radio. So you know, everybody's like when they see a cool move, they're all honking their horns and stuff. And that's awesome. So, so is that how you do the the audio for the movies as well as you is like a low band FM? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just, uh, trans, uh, just put it through the transformer, put it on a uh, station and then it goes through your car radio. So nice. yeah, it makes it super. I mean, i kind of missed the old school ones where you can roll down your window and hang and it put on the little your speaker on the side, Yeah, put this, <laughs> but we weren't digging trenches and plus that wasn't going to be very cost effective. So, um, you know, we were able to, um, modify some of our, um, um, uh, buildings as far as how many people we can have in it. So we reduced it to 25% and um, changed some layouts. So we were able to um, have a few events. We've got uh, the uh, annual dog show, which is typically outside, but they've uh, reduced it to, you know, just the, the, um, the handlers and owners and not open to the public. And we were able to do a, a gun show to where it was like 350 people. Um, so we're, we were able to do pretty good, but numbers are starting to pick up. So they're going to suspend us uh, for 30 days and, and wait for the numbers to go back down before we can reopen. Were there any, um, in that 30 days, or any holiday shows that you're canceling because of that? We've got, uh, yeah, December's pretty much shut down for us. We only had two events uh, around the holidays, pretty tough. The dog show runs over Thanksgiving. So, um, and that's been that way for, probably 50 years. And, uh, um, so we were able to get that one out, which was good. Um, because that's like, that's kind of like fair, one of the longest running, um, events that we have. And so the dog show, get the gun show out. We, the, the, the Christmas recitals, you know, those ones we're gonna, we'll have to cancel. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, what do you do? I mean, it just, it breaks my heart to hear all cancellation, 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 especially when it's like, you're talking about recitals and stuff for young kids. I mean, they've had so much taken away from them. And I feel like for, you know, you and I, as adults, we've life has punched us in the mouth a few times over the years. We've, we've gotten knocked down and gotten back up, but you know, I worry for the young kids that have, you know, they don't get this. They don't understand necessarily what's going on and it's just hard for them. Um, but you know, Yuma down there, you're a relatively small community. It's you got a military base there. Everybody at the fair knows it. Everybody in Yuma knows it. Those jets are <laughs> flying over all the time. I remember the first time I came to perform there, I've never in the middle of a magic show have I had to just randomly stop and just smile at the audience. And they're like, You can keep going. We can hear you. We we know what you're doing. It's like, but I can't hear. I'm not used to it. Um, so certainly that military base. Pay, plays a big role economically in your community but how important is the fair itself to the community and and you know what what sort of impact does your fair beyond the fair itself does your fairgrounds have on the community you know and it's 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 a huge social uh impact to the to our community you've got um my grandmother had she just passed away in march um um, right before fair. In fact, well, we, it, it was, um, we canceled and I told her, well, you know, she, um, we went ahead and canceled it for her because uh, we knew how, how important it was to her. 
<laughs> but um, it, it's so we're we're six generations, not myself, but there's so many um, people that are tied to the fair that have been here, you know, for such a long time that um, it's it crosses multi generations. And uh, for us, we were we were four five generations uh, with uh, with my grandmother and um, well and well for my kids, not me. Um, my kids were fourth generation. And they were all there, um, though not this 2020, but tw uh, but for 19. So that that means a lot. And there's a lot of people in the community like that. So with the base, the base is one economic uh, impact, but you also have the agriculture in Yuma is 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 number one for our economic impact. And we are uh, in the wintertime, we're the um, we're the leafy green capital of the world between <clears throat> where you get your this basically where you get your lettuce, uh, your romaines and your your baby greens. Um, is locally right here in, in Yuma, Arizona. So, <clears throat> but that agriculture type also ties us back to the fairgrounds. So we're, we're you have, um, like I say, you have families that have been supporting the fairs for generations. Yeah. So this year, obviously, has been a struggle for everyone. What do you think we can do both collectively as our industry and as individuals to help build people and, and businesses back up and give some folks encouragement? You know, it, you've got to, and it's part of what we do. We persevere as part of our industry and we, we adapt and we change. So it's a matter of having, it's keeping that positivity, keeping your, you know, they'll say, keep your chin up. Uh, I mean, we're taking, you know, not, we're taking, we're taking it on the chin, but we're also taking it in the stomach big time. Um, and there's going to be spring fairs that are going to, you know, be impacted, not just one year, two years. Um, and, and that's a double punch, but, you know, having that positive outlook, having that hope, um, that you'll, this isn't the end of the, of the, of the fair, uh, or, or of your, your fairgrounds, but you, you have, you have what it takes to, um, you know, Things might get lean and mean, but at least you're going to persevere and get to, you know, that 2022 um, in, in, a, in a relatively smaller version. And you're, and you're going to see your community come out and support you more than you've ever seen. I think I think once we're able to open up, we're going to see attendance. I mean, look at Courtney. I know you had her on here um, and she had, you know, you know, records attendance, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Right. Correct. So, you know, I think. Um, you know that, and then you know we got to speak as one voice, and that, and we're trying to do that. Um, the Arizona Fairs Association and the Western Fairs Association is working together for a Western coalition, and we're looking for we're looking for help. We've actually got some help federally. Um, we've we brought in a federal lobbyist that's working with um, with us over in uh, D.C. to kind of come up with a couple avenues, support the bills that are out there. IAFE's got a few uh, bills that are out there or that support some bills that are out there, the long, harder. And, um, and I think, um, you know, getting that voice where we all talking about, uh, about the same thing and trying to get federal assistance. And then how do we, how do we work together with other, um, other associations to find out what their issues are in their state and how we can, how that is impacted federally and how can we help? So, um, we'd love for more people to, if they got any questions about the, the coalition, um, contact myself or Sarah Cummings over at WFA, and we'd be more than happy to kind of fill you guys in. But 
or fill your listeners in. Um, we're, but that's our our big message. And not, I mean, we're talking from entertainers all the way to concessionaires. We want to be able to go to, D, that's my passion, right? I want to be able to go to DC, um, you know, and this is with um, OABA, uh, NICA, all, all of these, all of these entertain, uh, all these uh, um, organizations representation and speak with one voice at DC and let them know how impactful uh, our fairs are to our community and speak with one voice. So I was going to ask if you thought moving forward that the fair community would be able to recover on its own, or are we going to need a cash injection from the government? But it sounds like uh, you might've already answered that. I mean, it's, we're going to need some help. Don't you think? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, you've got fairs that um, are doing everything they can to, to um, reduce their expenditures, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not enough to where they're either going to shut their doors down. And then how do you, how do you bring it back? Right. How do you bring, how do you get it started again? It's not just, and that's, that's cash. You're going to need, we're going to need some, some funding. And I, uh, you know, for here in Arizona, we are, you know, we're, we've pulled together with um, the, the different fairs in Arizona to gather the data. That's what we've lost for the year. And we're going to the governor's office and we're, you know, we're asking, hey, how can you help? And uh, we know that, you know, the CARES Act is out there. We know that the, the PPP is out there. But there's a lot of a lot of those programs. We still fall through the cracks, um, whether you're 501c3 or 501c3 or 501c4 um, or your county run. There's we're over here. They need us. We're, and we're over here, but at the same time, it's like, uh, we don't want to, you know, it, don't want to give you any funding. It's, it doesn't make any sense because in the long run, um, we're, we're there for the community, um, economically and socially. And that socially, especially now with COVID, when this thing lifts is going to be humongous. Yeah. I, and I've been saying that on several episodes. I, I remember back to 2008 when we had the financial meltdown. Mm-hmm. And I built my business in the shadow of that meltdown growing into the fair industry. And I think part of that was accomplished be- simply because so many people at that point coming out of that crisis, instead of spending $5,000 to go to Disney World, they might have spent $500, but they spent it at the fair on two different weekends. And you had a lot yeah. more families staying local. They went, you know, they went on local camping trips. They went to the movies a little more. They went to the fair two times or three times. They bought a ride band when they ordinarily might have just gone and wandered around. All those types of things. I think as a society, and I'll, I'll say this every episode of this podcast if I have to, when this <laughs> is all said and done, when this crisis is over, we will be here and our communities will be here for us. They will mm-hmm. turn out you're going to need more parking lot space. And I think you're going to look forward to the day when the biggest complaint you have is we, it took forever to get into the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love it. I'll I'll take that headache. Yeah. That's an, that's, and I think, man, doesn't this, do you think this pandemic, has it changed your perspective on things? Cause for me, stuff that I used to look at that I'm like, Oh, that's such a pain in the butt. Now I'm like, ah, nope, no worry. (laughs) Not a big deal. Yes. Uh, Um, yeah. Yeah, I've taken it down a notch, I think. <laughs> um, Is that possible, know? though, for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I still squirrel a lot, but I, I definitely, I, I think I've taken, you know, what more can you roll at me? Um, and and so I, I, 
I, yeah, I do look at it at a different perspective. And I want to, I want to give you a huge shout out, Robert, the, 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 um, uh, the, the, I don't want to call it a commercial, but the plug that you created, um, oh, oh, the video. Yes. Yeah. The we'll be here video. Yes. We play that at every, that's our, our intro into our, with our movies. So whenever do we're you really, up, yep. Yep. So that plays, uh, it's in a loop with our concessions video. Like, let's all go to the concessions and get your popcorn and stuff. It loops. So that plays wow. every time we throw. And it's it's very inspiring about, and it tells the general public that, you know, how important we are to them and how important, you know, they are to us. So that, I mean, it's awesome. I love it. Every time, it, and it, it plays probably five or six times whenever, uh, uh when we're doing a movie so we that's cool. uh, yeah heck yeah that's, so thanks for putting that together man yeah that was that was my love letter to not only from me to our fairs but to our communities i mean i have a career i get to travel all over this country and see amazing places and make people happy you know giving out goofy fortunes and doing you know agricultural themed giant games and it's yeah. because those people decide that instead of going to Disney World this year, we're going to go to the fair. And, you know, because if they don't go to the fair, I don't go to the fair. Right. Well, and I think the way you said that and the way your video was, it, it was it it it's it was like the perfect way to say it. And the video behind it that you put together, you did a fabulous job with it, man. And, and um, it's what we were all trying to say. You put it in, you put it in words, man. So I, I didn't yeah. even know at that point that we needed to say it. I just knew at that point, you know, I'm used to putting out videos about conjure or about play with giants and about my interactions just to kind of stay top of mind for fair managers when they see it on Facebook. But obviously April and May was not the time to be like, here's a fortune machine. <laughs> it ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like, what's the message, you know, read the room and what does the room need to hear right now? And, yeah, I think it was as much a letter, a video for me, you know, because I needed to know that fairs were going to still be here. And and I mean, there's there's a real risk that some of them aren't going to be if we don't get if Congress and our state legislators don't get on board and help out. And like you said, how do you bring them back if they don't go? There's going to be fairs that I think that disappear if they don't get a 20, if they lost 20 and then they lose 21, there's going to be some fairs that are shut down for a while. And like you say, how do you bring them back? Because it's easy, you know, right now for the legislature to say, oh, yeah, here's this, you know, I don't know, $500,000 or whatever the number is for this right. certain county fair. Um, and it's just always in the budget. It's always the line item and every, nobody blinks. But once that's gone for two or three years or four years, and then we say, okay, well, we want to bring back the such and such county fair. And it's going to cost, you know, a million dollars or whatever the number is again. All of a sudden, your community goes, why are we spending a million dollars on that? See, it's easy to spend a million dollars on it when it's just always there. And then when it's not, it becomes an objection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think I think we could see some some fairs that really that struggle. I mean, and I don't I don't want people to think that even the big guys are immune. I mean, you, you want to think that, oh, you know, Arizona State Fair, State Fair of Texas, you know, Los Angeles County, these big fairs, they'll always be there, right? Look at what's happening in Del Mar. You know, San Diego's in big trouble right now. And they're yeah, going they to need some help too. Um, it's just, it's been a rough, a rough year. You know, Sarah early on was getting frustrated because she kept hearing the phrase, well, we're all in the same boat. We'll get through this together. And, you know, she finally heard it. Somebody corrected that 
and said, no, 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 we're all in the same storm, but we're all in very different boats. And mm -hmm. large ships might do a lot better than a little fishing boat. And so we need to be, this is just a time for empathy and patience, tons of it, you know. Um, but other, oh, yeah. uh, how are you, how are you personally? I mean, how are you holding up? You know, we're holding up pretty good. I, um, we're able to get the family and, and just, I, I look at it a little bit different. So this isn't YCFI, right? This is, this is just Eric. Uh, you know, we, we go out and, um, we enjoy, you know, the bike rides, the weather's changed here now, so it's not you know, 128 degrees when we started the movies. <laughs> um, but it's November and we're still wearing shorts, but, you know, that's just in the nature of the beast. It's, it's, uh, so we're, we're able to get out and about and do our thing, we, you know, and, and we're not a hundred percent shut down, uh, but we still kind of, you know, maintain our distance. And um, when we do, we, we, we just do family things. Uh, we, we don't do all, we don't, my kids, they don't they don't know what an atari is they don't know what well i don't know if most people on this cast might not know what an atari is um <laughs> but uh we don't have video games we don't have any of that stuff so we do a lot of outside activities and we do a lot of games and we just you know so we've been doing that forever you know so we don't nothing's really skipped a beat here we go out and we camp and we fish and we enjoy the outdoors so for us it's we really haven't stopped it's when you notice it when we go to the grocery store and you got to put your mask on and you got to do that sure. sort of stuff but for for us personally here at the house or when we go you know out in the woods or out in the desert and drive around in our in our carts you know we you know it's still that freedom so yeah. we don't have to worry about wearing a mask <laughs> is is there any one part of this situation that's been harder for you than you thought i think on a personal level, it's it's balancing that schedule with um, school and um, school and work uh, for both of us, for for both parents. My wife and I, you know, she still works. She works in behavioral health, so um, you know, she's we're having to adjust with that. And then you know, it's a good thing. I think it's a pretty good thing we don't have all the video games, Nintendo, the Switch, and Playstations because. You know, their their desk is, you know, you know, we modified our kitchen to where they've got the kids have their desks when we, when they were virtual learning and we're super close. We have conversations. You know, my kids, you know, they read books like hard pound books, not yeah, <laughs> not I mean not they still read some on their tablets, but they've got, you know, you know, regular paperback books. So I don't know, we're maybe we're a little traditionalist that way. So what have you learned about yourself through all this? I need more patience. <laughs> <laughs> what I say, patience and empathy. <laughs> right. You know, truly I, and I think that's part of, you know, your question earlier is where, where I kind of toned it down a little bit and just take it in a bit different perspective is for me is patience. I, I've never been very uh, much of a patient person to begin. I can't even say that right. Uh, <laughs> a very <laughs> patient person to begin with, but um, it's, it's really looking back and what's the worst that's going to happen already that, I mean, you know, COVID has completely shut us, you know, us down. Uh oh, did I lose you? No, you're still here. Okay. Are we, are we having a little zoom difficulty? <laughs> the screen went blank. I'm like, I didn't do it. 
So that's, that's, I think that's where for me is one of the things that, you know, you, you want to look back on some reflection and, um, you know, I went through uh, a course here in Arizona, it's called Project Central and it's, um, it's a, it's a rural leadership, uh, program where we travel around the state, go to DC, go to, and go down to Mexico. And uh, you get to see the different perspectives of the of and the different uh, of the different communities within Arizona. And then what was nice, and that's why I think legislation kind of has a, a passion with me. It's as far as you know, you know, when I went to D.C. and was able to take the trolley from this, the the House or from the Senate to the to the Capitol. You know that was you know that's one of the highlights of D.C. But then to get to meet all of your representatives, whether they're whether they're blue or red, used to have the same. We sit there and have the same conversations, same topics. But you get to see their perspective on how busy they are and how hard it is to try to, you know, get anything passed or or, or the the, you know, and and for me, I guess that's why I I push really hard for us to speak as one voice because they're not going to hear it all over there. If we're, if we're, if we're delineated out, right. we've got to come together and we've got to talk because I've seen how, you know, they've got 40, 50 people, you know, every hour trying to talk to them and trying to talk to their staff. So I know I went off on a tangent there, but I think that's really where it goes back to, you know, you know, being that, that patient person. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think patience and empathy all the way. And I think you're right, especially when you when it comes to the process, legislative process, whether it's in Washington or whether it's in your own state capitals, mm -hmm. it's hard to get these bills through the processes they go through and the the tit for tat that has to happen in order for everybody to come to an agreement and pass these things. I, right now, I don't care whether you're you're red or blue. I know that I am part of an industry that is is in deep trouble and we're going to need some help. So that means you got to work across the aisle. They're going to have to. These are, these are, these are bipartisan efforts. Um, it's in, without a doubt. I mean, it, especially the, the bills that are out there um, are, are definitely, you know, we need bipartisan support and, and, uh, and reach out. Um, I, I forgive me for not having um, those bills. Uh, I know uh, Marla with um, IAFE has sent out stuff in regards to what those bills numbers are, but reach out to your legislators um, uh, or reach out to your local, uh, start locally, you know, reach out and uh, say, hey, these things are in the works and then let them work it up the food chain to where they're talking to, you've got to build that relationship too, right? You can't just, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can call, but you've got to be tactful how you talk to them, you know, and you've got to be able to say, hey, you know, these are some bills that are, we're looking at federally. How, how can you help us get that information up to our state representatives to where our state representatives are talking to our federal representatives and, and continue to, you know, you know, it's a long chain process. That's why it takes, um, you know, that's why it's, and it's a really grassroots effort with these bills that are out there to try to get them to even be seen. And it's going to be even tougher because of the, the, the change in leadership that's going to happen in the white house. So, well, I shouldn't say it's going to happen, but, it, there, there's the potential of change in leadership. Let's put it that yes. way. Yes. Yes. Uh, listen, I'm glad you could be on the show today. Before we go, since we're just about out of time, everyone on the show goes through a speed round of questions. So I'm going to oh. ask you, I'm going to ask you, this is really difficult. I'm going to ask you a handful <laughs> of questions. 
Give me your best answer for each one. You ready? Are they yes and no? Can I go that route? <laughs> close. <laughs> the, about as close as it gets. Question number one. Funnel cake or fried Oreos? Funnel cake. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that after our discussion earlier. Yeah, we should have another podcast about that. We should I, do I think just we- a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yes. Question three. What's the furthest from home you've ever traveled? Uh, Ireland. If money was no issue, what's the first place you would travel with your family after the pandemic ends? Dogtown Lake. Where is that? It's right up. It's over in Williams, Arizona. <laughs> Literally like a, an hour, two hours up the road from you. It's about six hours away. It's got good fishing. It's got good fish. Hey, family time. <laughs> That's what you're all about. Yep. Question five. What's your favorite movie? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there, Hey, and it's being redone. Willow. Really? Yes. Wow. I it's, have, it's a horror. I watched it again. It's horror. I thought for sure you would have said so one of the Star Wars movies. All right. Last you know, question. That second Star Wars are super second close because they actually filmed. Uh, I what was it? Empire. Which one did they? The desert scenes were actually filmed thirty miles from here. Well, the one where they blew uh, where Leia's is the job of the hut one. Why can't I? Return uh, of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yes. Oh wow. It was filmed at the San, Imperial Sand Dunes. Thirty. I think it's about 35 miles from here. I got to see it. I got to see it blow up, dude. It was so cool. (laughs) Last last question. Who was your first celebrity crush? First celebrity crush. Um, I, I, I don't even know their names. (laughs) Must've made a big impact on you. Who is your current, who's your current celebrity crush? You know, Sandra Bullock is awesome. Still. She still got it. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And you know, Shania Twain, you know. All right. We'll let those two answers count. Eric, What? <laughs> assuming you get to have the fair for 21, what are the dates for Yuma County Fair in 2021? Yuma County Fair is March 30th through April 4th. So, listen, I don't know when we'll get a chance to connect again. So, Sarah and Nate and I want to wish you all very happy holidays. Wish you guys good health. Thanks for coming on the show today. Heck yeah, man. Thank you. Wish you guys uh, the, the very best to a happy holidays. You guys take care. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.